That's good. That's good. Let there be a praise in this house as we usher them and receive them back into the fold, receive them back into their seats. God bless them and us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is a thing falling upon us and coming up within us. It's hard to use language for things that are ineffable. It's hard to use language, right? It's hard to use language because is it coming from without? Is it coming from within? Is it coming upon us? Is it coming from within us? Is it coming? Is it all the things? It's, yes, it, it is that. There, go ahead. What is it? <laughs> she was kept pressing me for a title to this message. I said, there's no title, but it's going to be about trees. And so that's what we came up with. <laughs> I'm supposed to be buttoned up enough to have a title for my message and <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> oh I just thank God for this house for being here in this place that we have a space that we have a place to come to connect to share to grow to exercise the, the spiritual things. This is the first time in the history of House Church that I have put on glasses in the pulpit. Y'all have watched me age in this pulpit. And I still don't have progressives yet, so here I am. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> Observe the giant redwood standing in the forest. At first glance, it seems but another object among a forest of objects. It might be a rock or a stone or a particularly complex machine. Then the presence of the redwood washes over the observer's sensitivities. The aroma conveys the peculiar essence of the species. The colors are many, changing and subtle. Movements among the branches, visible and hidden, reveal a riot of diversity. Roots that are partially revealed above ground suggest a depth of significance as yet to be revealed. Despite the variety of leaf and branch, one senses an inclination of or purposefulness about its existence. Its fruits and seeds seem to feed the health and well-being of the forest surrounding it. It is not awake and active one day a week. It is teeming with purpose and activity 24 hours a day. The creatures of the forest come and go from within its branches. The conclusions come spontaneously to the mind of the observer. There is safety here. There is health here. There is growth here. There is life here. The surest signs of life, however, are discovered not by observation, but by participation. Once enter into the life of the redwood, and one discovers the real reason for its vibrant life. There is unity. 
yet there is incredible diversity. There is continuity, yet there is constant surprise. Why? Because the redwood it is itself a self-starter, which matures individual initiative, nurtures individual initiative, Initiative, entrepreneurship, creativity, and change are the stuff of life. On the one hand, every branch, twig, or leaf, and every root, vine, or tendril is free to find its own way. If there is an obstacle in the way of growth, a boulder, a cliff, or rusted metal, each part of the organism can customize its own route of growth to overcome that obstacle. Each part of the red wood, no matter how small, is a microcosm of freedom. On the other hand, each part of the organism is networked with every other part. If in its growth and movement it encounters some danger or discerns some opportunity, the news is instantly conveyed to every other part of the organism so that every part of the organism can prepare itself for good or for ill. On the one hand, every fruit and every seed, no matter how different in design or appearance, affects the life of the forest in its own way. The redwood is a resource of food and shelter work and play, learning and growth. Together, the many fruits and seeds provide a, a veritable banquet of choices to suit every taste and address every need. Each fruit and seed is a microcosm of individuality. On the other hand, each seed and fruit infuses into the forest the same fundamental meaning that is the essence of the species. The seedlings that grow are redwoods also. The fruits that are ingested by the forest infuse each creature with the essence of redwood. Even crisis and tragedy reveal the nature of the redwood. Lightning, fire, flood, or earthquake may break off branches or even cause the tree to collapse, and yet it does not die. It does not die because each unit of the organism, even the smallest cell of the organism, has the DNA of the whole redwood. The broken branch takes root. A shoot of green arising from the stump signals the resurrection of the spiritual redwood. It grows again and again, and it keeps coming back. Its vitality cannot be checked. It is born to grow and grows to be reborn. Every cell carries within itself the power and meaning to replicate the whole all over again. What am I talking about today? this house. The trees give us a picture of what is happening inside of our own bodies. I was speaking to a young scientist this morning about the parts of the body that are named after trees because they look like trees. 
the parts of our lungs and our brains that look like branches and leaves and trunks and systems that move within the body, holding the DNA of its part. The cool thing about redwoods is they can live over 2,000 years. The oldest redwood is still that they believe to be the oldest on the planet is on the coast, the Pacific coast, that's over 2,000 years old, about 2,100 years old. It stands well over 300 feet high. It's large and majestic. It's deep, thick bark protects it from fire and from little, little uh, bugs that would eat it away. It has a thick outer shell. There's a whole species that can live within the redwoods for their entire lifetime and never leave the redwood. They stay up in the canopy of the redwood. Our faith would say that if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed, we could say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it would have to obey us. If we just had the faith the size of a mustard seed, the scripture talks all about trees, about growing by the rivers of living water, bringing forth fruit in every season, being an oak of righteousness, being a planting of the Lord in the house and the temple of God. Well, trees have this fascinating way of living in community. The more we understand about trees and their need for one another, especially underneath the soil, how their root systems travel and communicate through the fungus of the root system and through the fungi of, of what's under that mycelium that, that connects like a fascia, connects the skin, the skin, the muscles, everything underneath it. And it transfers information and communicates. There's danger. There's a toxin in our environment. Or there's something good. Get ready. Open up your pores and receive. The, the actual redwood uh, can actually drink in the fog. Isn't that cool? It can drink in the fog. It can receive moisture from the ground, from the rain, but it can also receive moisture from the air, like in worship when we're singing our faith and our positivity is filling the air. And maybe that, that tree next to you is like, there's nothing here for me, but then all of a sudden it begins to sniff something out worthy of receiving in. I'm forgiven. I am sending messages to my fellow man. You're forgiven. You're beloved. I don't feel it. I've done too many. I, it's too, they've cut me off again. They're, it's the doctor said the diagnosis is bleak. The trauma won't seem to go away. My family hates me. My family loves me, and I hate them. I let uh, my. <laughs> you're forgiven. Let the trees of the fields clap their hands. Let the trees of the fields, and for all my Bible people. Yeah, the trees are, every time you see, I, what, what do you see now after Jesus uh, lays his hands on the blind man? I see men walking as trees. I don't see them as they are. The tree 
is a metaphor for the community, the forest, spiritual redwoods, if you will, supplying and growing stronger ever still to communicate the faith, hope, and love that we carry in our bones. You are designed with the whole in mind. You are complete in your individual body and yet so incomplete without the other. It's this thing we're trying to put words on. I need you. I don't need you. I, need, I do need you. I'm going to settle into the fact that I need you. But why is it that you can leave me and I'm still sustained? So there's got to be a willingness that comes into play with participation in a community. You can walk out of this door and your, your breath will not be taken from you. You don't need to be in here to breathe. But there's something about a collective health that comes to a community that can be both porous and uh, potent, both uh, receptive and transmitting. It's this... They're so committed to one another's health in the forest that they will send and release their own nutrients that they needed for themselves just to keep the other guy alive. They bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of love. They're there for one another in the good times and the bad. They shelter one another from the heat and the rain. They make a good lightning storm into something to be enjoyed instead of something to be feared because of their strong bark, their strong root system, their connectedness to the whole. That's the house. This is a house of healing. This is a house of belonging. This is a house of plantings of the Lord. I was speaking to someone before the service and uh, touching on this idea of belonging. And this wise person said, you know, you've got to first belong to yourself before you can belong to something greater. Belong to a community, a group. Because if we've never learned how to come home to ourselves... Everywhere we go, we will look for endings instead of beginnings. Everywhere we go, we will expect to be rejected. And so we look for rejection. And we find rejection. And our confirmation bias has been confirmed. It's been confirmed. I knew they weren't any different. I knew it. Oh, isn't that fascinating? It's fascinating. I told somebody um, I was running late for a Zoom meeting this uh, week one day, and I told her I'm going to be 10 minutes late. And that was like 37 minutes before start time. And I was like, I'm just emphatic. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. 
And sure enough, I showed up to that Zoom meeting through traffic, through everything, through internet, through getting online, all the stuff, and it was exactly 10 minutes. She said, gosh, you're pretty good at your time uh, projection and your time management. I said, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I wondered if I told you I was going to be 15 minutes late, would I have been 15 minutes late? If I was looking for rejection and rejection wasn't there, would I find it anyway? If I knew that they didn't like me, but I walked in confidently, full of courage, sweetness, and fruit of the Spirit, and I expected that they might have a change of heart, would they? Would I feel welcome, wanted, and worthy if I hold it within my body, even if someone else doesn't believe that I am wanted, welcomed, or worthy in this space? I'm talking about coming home to oneself, coming home to the forest, getting planted into the soil, and then participating, not just spectating, but participating in the communication, because what do they promise us? It's fun, guys. Come on, my scientists. You got to believe that that was a pretty funny, funny, that was a funny joke. Thanks, Anna Claire. It's fun, guys. Diversity is critical to the health of the forest. So the way in which they decide to go around obstacles, the way that that root system would decide to go around that metal can that's in the soil, the way that they're going to respond to an earthquake, the way that they're going to respond to devastation, fire, is going to be different. Everyone's part and everyone's part in the whole is going to behave differently but fundamentally grounded in the same soil. So this diversity idea it sounds really nice in um, our, I don't know, an op-ed or you know, whatever the case is, but it doesn't really feel good in real world experiences. We really like to seek people out who think like us, eat like us, What? Tacos. Who believe like us, who think religiously like us, who believe in medicine like us, who understand marriage like us, who understand how to raise children like us. See, it's all real cute to talk about diversity until it's really different until the, what they do is actually totally different than how you would do it. Now, I'm wondering if you're even part of me, because that is so crazy. That is so different than how I would do it. I'm wondering if we're even planted in the same soil. But the scripture over and over again says there is one God. There is one God that is through us all, in us all, with us all, and is the ground in which we are planted. Now, that does not mean to say that, see, we can talk about this for the rest of our lifetime. Does that mean so-and-so is really of the same? Does that mean 
this really heinous guy that committed this terrible crime, he's not in the same soil I'm in. I'm definitely not that. Paul prayed a prayer uh, for his churches at Ephesus, and there's some of the best prayers that I've come across. If you wanted to find these prayers in the book of Ephesians and, and write them out, translate them uh, for yourself, write them in different translations, it talks about us understanding the ground in which we are uh, planted. Reading from Ephesians 3 and verse uh, 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. In, so what's the ground? It's love. Rooted and grounded. And what is love? And what's God? What's love? Well, what's love? What's love? What's love? What does love look like? Compassion. Patience. Say it again. Respect. Dignity. Yeah, mercy, grace. Love is a verb for real. (laughs) Love is truly that. Love is truly participating in that root system grounded in love that we may be able to comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We are grounded in love, but our roots would sink down deep, drawing up the nutrients from what? From the love, from the love of God. Respect, that's such a good word. Respect of, of people's diversity, of, of the other. People who are not like us, who don't think like us. It does not mean that you have to marry everybody or get in bed with everybody or set up house with everybody. That's why we have choices about how close these people that are really not you know, of a same mind or of the, you know, we have choices about how far or near we can be with these people. All of my, all of my folks in, in, in these different disciplines that would talk about boundaries or, you know, space, having space in relationship, not putting oneself in harm's way, right? That is everybody who has been traumatized in the past by a religious speaker saying that you have to forgive 70 times 7, talking about your abuser. Uh Uh-uh. You're not going to hear this minister say that. You're not going to hear me say that. That's not what I'm asking for. That's not what I'm asking for. Abuse is wrong. It stops here. We don't put up with it. We don't tolerate it. We draw an accountability barrier. 
We absolutely call people into accountability and into relationship and invite them to participate in a transforming uh, relationship with Jesus. But if they don't want to, they can get out of my forest. No hurt and no harm. So hear me, because I know who I'm talking to. That's not what I'm saying. The love of God, there's something about it that's so rich and vast and wide. <laughs> oh, man. I was walking through the park the other day around, surrounded by these beautiful oak trees. They're so big and so beautiful. And they're, they're pretty, they're like 75% with their new leaves for spring, right? They're still coming through. They still have another left, I think. And um, I was walking by this, this grove of, of oak trees, beautiful, majestic, tall and I was, uh, was practicing letting it go. I was just practicing in my heart. I'd go for a walk without my phone so that I can pray and walk. And I was just, you know, saying some things over myself, and it was around let it go. I want you to let it go, let it go, let it go. But I looked up at the branch of the oak tree, and it was growing. And so immediately the turn of phrase was let it grow, let it grow, let it go and let it grow. Let it go and let it grow. Let it grow. Oh, I had fun with that because I was so alive in my heart. Like what could grow if I would just let it go? What would grow if I could let it go? Let it, let it grow. And so many of us, especially in intimate relationships, we encounter somebody in this stage of life that they're in. We become friends or we become partners in some way, business or whatever. And somehow or another, a series of years pass, but I still think of you and perceive you as the person I met in 2008. Not giving space, not giving consideration for your changing ideals, for your transformation, for your healing. This happens with couples all the time, right? Well, we've been together for 19, 20 years, and they haven't changed a bit. Well, have they or have our perception of them and what we're looking for hasn't changed? Allow them to grow. Allow them to show us who they are today. Who are you today? Who are you wanting me to see about you today? I read this amazing thing on forgiveness. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to, this is just study time with Bon Bon today. Um, so awesome. I got to read this to you. Forgiveness, it's hard to hold a book, a microphone, and get your glasses. Forgiveness is the gift of goodness given in abundance to another when love has been denied or twisted into anger, hate, or despair. If we relate only to the past deeds of others, we will always be at least one step behind where they themselves presently are. And thus we will never really be in relationship with them, only with their remains. I'm just going to read that last part one more time. Follow with me. If we relate only to the past deeds of others, we will always be at least one step behind where they themselves presently are. And thus we will never really be in relationship with them, only with their remains. The ultimate act of love is to let go. But that can mean different things. It can mean different things. It does not necessarily mean there has to be a physical separation. 
But the ideas and the constructs that we hold about ourselves, come on, first, and then about other people, second, we can let that go and let it grow into the soil and into our own root system and allow it to what once was going to harm us and torture us, torment us, can now make us alive again. That's the beautiful work of transformation. That's the beautiful work of transmutation. That's what we're called to do. We're called to that. And in this house, in this house of transforming and belonging and participating with the other, it's going to come with some fumbles and some bumps in the road. We're not going to get it right all the time. We are going to fail at that. We will fail at being kind to one another. Can I get an amen? Can I get, we will fail at forgiving one another and letting them go and letting them grow. We will fail at that. Amen. Yes, we will fail at that. We will fail at doing that for ourselves, right, as well. Like Danielle was talking about, those thoughts come, and then we have to show ourselves compassion and be vulnerable with ourselves. We Remember what the Lord said? He says he remembers our frame. He remembers our frame. Yeah. So how can we today show ourselves how strong we are in the soil that we are planted in? How can we show ourselves today how much we can communicate with one another? Seeing one another as Christ sees us, allowing our most intimate partners, our longtime friends to grow into something new, to be a new part of themselves that they've always wanted to be, but we're afraid to be that around you because you only maybe saw them one way. How can we give our relationships some space to grow? I think it first starts by letting it go. Kelly got me a, a mug, or was it Bob got me a mug? It was Bob got me a mug. It, it's the gospel according to Bob. And it said, it's on the mug, it says, let that shit go. And it's some of the best advice I can see early in the morning. Let it go. Let it go. Are you hearing me today? Any feedback you would like to offer as we prepare ourselves for communion? Hank, you'll have to start up the, the song. We're going to have our worship team has requested to participate in communion from here today instead of being up there. And we say yes to that, right? So I'm excited for that. So we're just going to have some music playing um, on the phone. This is an open table in this house. Uh, we do this every week, reminding ourselves that we are a people of forgiveness. And that's going to look different for every person. Remembering the diversity of each cell is going to have a different way to receive the nutrients. Yes. Okay. Um, so everyone that is in this house that would like to participate in um, in the table is welcome to do so. There's gluten-free, there's regular, there's also prepackaged communion. If you 